Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Oh, I'm so glad. If you got a Bible, I'm glad you're here today. If you've got a copy of the scriptures, let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Just remain standing. We're going to read some scripture together. Colossians chapter 2. And if you don't have a copy of the scriptures, Version and uh, Bible Hub are great apps that I would encourage you to download. Our daily devotion that goes along with the message is in Version, and you can pick that up there. This year, our word is inconvenient faith. That's the word we've been living with all year long, inconvenient faith, that convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. That if you want to grow in Christ, if you want to mature in Christ, if you want to be passionate about Jesus, there's these eight core practices that we have here at Core Church that keep us on track, that, that are kind of our, our guide for us. And during this series, we've been calling these the eight inconvenient practices. All year long, we've got these series where we're doing through the inconvenient practices. So we're on our, our core practice of sharing Christ. This is the final week for this one that we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit and inconvenient sharing. That sharing your faith is, is hard, it's a struggle, it's, it's not easy. Uh, but if you're, if you're new, uh, you, we try to make it simple around here that sharing our faith shouldn't be hard, but we make, it, we make it hard. But it's real easy. Just remember three things. Intercede, invest, and inform. Say that with me. Intercede, invest, inform. The problem, the reason we make it so hard is because we start with inform. Like, I got to walk up to somebody cold turkey and just say, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? Uh, <laughs> I hope you don't do that. I hope you don't do that. But, uh, but you feel like you got to be a Bible scholar. I can't, I can't share my faith. I, I don't know enough about the Bible. This is all you need to know. My life was empty. I was lost. I didn't know where I was headed. I was trapped, a prisoner in my sin and my shame but I was introduced to this God who sent his son named Jesus and he died on a cross, rose again on the third day. I don't understand that. I don't get all that. I ain't a great theologian, but I do know that because of that, I am no longer who I was. I am no longer who I was. And that gets you, you so, you, so you start praying. You, you start with prayer, just pray for people. And then when the opportunity presents itself, just do good. You know, when this invest part is really the fruit of the Spirit. Like show love, show kindness, show patience, show, show uh, um, peace, show goodness. All these things you, that you can do by the fruit of the Spirit. And then when, when God presents the opportunity, share the hope that you have. And, and I don't know what that's going to look like for you. I wish I could spell it out, but I don't know. It might be that you go, hey, you should come to this church that I go to because it has really radically changed my life. I'd love for you to come hang out with me. But you may go, I don't feel comfortable. I don't think this is the right time for that. But it may be just that you, you maybe you pray for somebody. I've had that before when I, was, when I was back in radio. I remember there were people coming, shut the door in my office and they'd sit down and they'd go, 
Um, I, I just, my, my kid is so messed up, Brad. I wasn't a preacher, I was just a DJ. I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him. Might be you share a scripture that God has inspired you with and you say, hey, you know, I, I was reading in the Bible and the scripture stood out to me. Maybe, maybe it'll help you. Maybe you text it to them or you, or you speak it to them. I, I, I don't know I, what God's gonna lead you to do in that moment, but just kind of helping them to see the hope that you have in Jesus. And that's what this series has been about when we're talking about investing in people's life. It's about the fruit of the spirit, Galatians chapter five, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all of those, those things. And so this has uh, been a long series, probably, I think it may be the longest series I have ever preached. It's a nine week series. This is the final week where we're gonna be talking about self-control. <laughs> Y'all like, I'm so glad that that family member came with me today because boy, do they need it. I, I just saw it all over. You're like, I know who needs it on my row. I know. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about sharing self-control. Let's, uh, let's go to the scriptures, Colossians chapter two. Again, if you're new to the scriptures, this is a letter that uh, Paul wrote to a church he started in this place called Colossae. And this is uh, some of his encouragement and some of his words in chapter two. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, let's go to verse six. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then, somebody say then, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So let's talk about sharing self-control. Father, so grateful for this church, so grateful for what you're doing in our body. And now as we approach your scriptures, we approach it with humility and just ask you to speak to us. We, we really wanna hear from you, we really wanna grow. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, uh, you can be seated. Uh, has anybody noticed that um, in the retail industry that um, no one that works there seems to be happy? Has this been something, is it, am I something I'm noticing? I, I, nobody is happy to be working in the retail industry anymore. I, I was uh, at a store the other day, I, I'm at the cashier, cashier's on the other side, and I try to make it a practice of mine. I'm gonna be in line 30 seconds or so. I just wanna try to brighten their day a little bit. And I said, hey, how you doing today? And this young lady goes, visibly goes, ah. <laughs> Just like that. Ah. I'll be a lot better in 20 minutes when I get off. It's like, well, hey, sorry, I'm holding up your happiness. I apologize for helping you. It's like, wow. And I was at a um, DIY store. I, I don't want to throw them under the bus because I really actually like shopping at this store. I'll just say that it was a very low moment. And so I am in, uh, I, I'm, this is back before uh, the great flood. This was when we had a drought. Anybody remember we were under a drought? Now it seems like we're having the great flood. What's happening? What's happening in Oklahoma? Flood, drought, flood. I don't know what's happening. It's biblical proportions, people. <laughs> so this is back when we were having the drought. 
And, and I went, I was trying to find a, sp- a special, a specific sprinkler, and I couldn't find it. They were pretty much sold out. And I saw a guy coming. He's coming in his red vest. And, and, but this is what he's doing as he's walking my way. I'm like, this guy looks like he's ready to engage with me. I bet he can't wait for me. I say, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And he looks up, and I'm, 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 not, I'm not making this up for theater. I look, he looks up and he goes, me? <laughs> you do have a red vest on, right? Yeah, you, you know, it says, the, the guy in the red vest that says, here to help, you know, that guy. Yeah, that'd be you. I was like, so hey, do you, uh, I'm telling him a specific sprinkler I'm looking for. Not kidding. He goes, uh, I don't know. Like, well, you have any in the back? He goes, I don't know. Puts his head down and gets on his phone and just starts walking away. Like, what? What just happened? What has happened? But have you, ever, have you ever come across great customer service? It's shocking, is it not? You're like, um, I mean, you just see, like, whoa, what was that? I don't even know how to take that. Laura's mom was furniture shopping last week. She was looking for a, a love seat and a, a recliner to go in her room. And, and so she'd been at every furniture store you can imagine. If you work for a furniture store, I apologize. But you know when you, you, know when you go into a furniture store what you're going to get, don't you? I mean, they are on you, aren't they? They're like, they're like vultures. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You're like, oh, 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 hey, hey, hey. I mean, it's just, it's, it's intense out there. I mean, it's like, whoa. She walks into this store. It's a big warehouse. This young man comes over and he goes, hey, welcome. Glad you're here. I said, hey, I, I, I'm here to help you today. Um, would you like to browse by yourself? Would you like me to help you? In a furniture store, you're gonna let me browse by myself? You're not gonna be back on my backside the whole time? They're the whole. He said, like, no, just have a good time, enjoy it if you need. And she said, no, I kinda like to look around a little bit. So she, she didn't say, well, hey, I'm here if, you, here if you need me. Do you guys need anything to drink? It's really hot out there. And so he went in, they, they were out of bottled water. So he went into the break room, got filtered water, brought it out, said, sorry, I'll have his cups. I had to go in the break room, get got filtered water. She's walking through the store, she gets to the back. And she sees a love seat that she thinks that she might be good, and, and, but it's up high because it's a warehouse, and she can't quite see it. And she's like, hey, and he comes up and says, ah, I don't know if there's a way that you can get, <laughs> could you get that down for me? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Does he go get a forklift? No, he, he whistles. He's like, or, anybody whistle? Can anybody whistle? That's the whistle I'm looking for. So he, some of y'all were doing like a bird call. <laughs> That would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll get somebody. <laughs> so he does some whistle. And, and the, this guy comes over. These guys just lift it off of the shelf. Boom, put it down. And she, he goes, there you go. And she goes, you know, just take your time, enjoy it. And so she, she sits on it. And he's, he walks off and kind of doing his thing. And she's like, okay, now I got to find a recliner. She walks to the other side of the store, other side of the store where she sees a recliner that she thinks might work. And she's like, oh, I think it might work. I'm not sure, though. It's different. Is it the right color and all this? So she calls the guy back over, and she says, hey, I like this recliner. I'm just not sure if it's going to go with the one that's clear over on the other side of the warehouse. And he goes, hey, no problem. He takes the recliner, picks it up on his shoulder, boom, lays it down right there. It matched perfectly. She's like, well, I'll take it. 
I mean, it's just shocking, isn't it? I, I, I think we, we, all, we all want to be known by the fruit of the Spirit, don't we? Like in your workplace and in your neighborhood, on your, the ball field and the campus, you, you, want, you want to be known as somebody, a person of love. You want, you want to be known for joy. You want to be known for, for peace and, and patience and kindness and all of these things that Paul talks about in the fruit of the Spirit. But I know me. And I know when I'm left to myself, my, that is not my default mode. And, but what I also know is that people are watching us. They're watching our actions and our reactions. They're, they're watching the, the, the choices and the decisions that we are making and sadly, what, what's happening is they're, they're seeing people who, who wear the tag of Jesus, who say that they are followers of Jesus, that they are, they are Christians, and, and, and they're letting people down by their actions and their reactions and, and their choices and their decisions. It's, it's not who we desire to be. And Paul, in fact, if you back up one verse to verse 5, he says this about the church he wrote to. And I would say this to you, I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. The question I want to ask you is this, what are people saying about your faith in Christ? Are, are they saying that it's, that it's strong? Are they, are they saying, are, are, are they rejoicing? Or are they... Are they questioning. Like, well, I thought that person, they said that they, but man, I mean, I saw what, that doesn't match up with what I think. To live out our faith, to, to, to be a follower of Jesus, it takes incredible self-control. And self-control is never found in myself. Paul, Paul says, again, in Galatians chapter 5, it is a fruit of the, it's a fruit of the, it's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can do it in me. So I, I'd like for you to write this down. This is where we'll go for the next few minutes. I have self-control when I give God control. I, I, I can only have self-control when I give up control, when I give God control. Let's go to, go to the next verse, verse six. Paul says this, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to what? Follow him. You gotta, you gotta follow him. What I think is interesting with, when I think about social media, I, I have this love-hate relationship with social media, uh, but I, I always laugh at a friend request. I don't even know why, why do they call it a friend request? Because I look at most of them, if not all of them, very few are actually from a friend. Like from some guy in Pakistan, I don't even know. Hey, some, somebody in high school, I'm like, you didn't even like me in high school. Why do you suddenly want to be my, my friend? I, I, I don't think it should be a friend request. I think it should be a follow request because that's what it really is. I mean, and let's just be honest. They don't want to follow me. They, they, they follow because they, they want me to, to follow them. Come on now, they, 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 we've all been guilty of that, have we not? If you're on social media, look at you, oh, not me, pastor. No, I have totally died to self and it. it's all about other people. We can be so guilty of this ourselves that we follow people or, 
Or the only time we ever get online is because I, want, I actually want to post something so people will see me and so people will like me, so people will, will comment on me. What, what we really want is I, I'm following you so that you will follow me. And I think that is a scary place to be when it comes to following Jesus. Are, are, you, are you following Jesus because you want him to follow you? In, in other words, are you, are, you, are, you, are you following him because you're like, well, I just, I want him to kind of bless my life. I want him to like my life. I want him to, to be in on what, I, what I'm doing, where I'm going, but I, I, don't, I don't really know where he's going. I don't even know what Jesus is up to. I just need him immersed in my life. And, and Paul says this, he says, to follow Christ is to give up control of my life and to make him, as he says, Lord. You gotta make him Lord. But I know me. <laughs> and left to myself, I know my default mode. I am gonna think about my needs, my desires, and my wants. And I think this is, this is what we see in the world today. There is not a whole lot of self-control. In fact, I would say that most of us would agree that this world right now appears to be out of control. It is, it is about me and my way and the way I wanna do it. There is no self-control in a world that is out of control. And Solomon wrote about this in Proverbs, in Proverbs 25, 28, he said this, a person without self-control, turn to somebody and say, he's not talking about you. Come on, turn to somebody right now, just let him, hey, he's not talking about you. This is not you, this is not you. Turn back and say, this is me. He's talking, he's about to talk to me. Okay. A person without self-control is like a city with what? Say it with me. Broken down walls. Now turn back to somebody and say, show some self-control. Show some self-control. Isn't this what we see? Broken down walls? A world that's crying out for love, but what do we see? Anger and division and, and hatred. People searching for joy but depression is on the rise. Suicide, especially among young people, is out of control. Everybody crying out for peace and searching for peace, but there's nothing but chaos in our world. Kindness? You just don't see it that often because there's no self-control. So how do, we, how do we exhibit, how do we show self-control in a world that appears to be out of control? Let's go to the next verse, verse seven, the first part of this verse. Paul says this, let your roots grow down into him. Let your roots grow down into him. My buddy, Rusty Gunn from Church That Matters, he helped us earlier in the series. He spoke, did an incredible job. And in his message, when he preached here, he said this, no root, no fruit. No root, no fruit. Come on, turn to somebody, tell them, no root, no fruit. No root, no fruit. My nephew and niece, they live in St. Louis, and they invited us to come for Christmas last year, and so we went to their house, and uh, they put us in the basement, because uh, that's how they think about their Uncle Brad. We'll put, it, put him down in the basement. We'll throw him a chicken wing every once in a while. You doing okay down there, Pat? Hey, doing okay? So we're, we're down there and in the basement, and uh, in one of the rooms that we were staying in, in this basement, he had this plant in the corner and with this light shining on it. I've got a picture of it. This is it. And I said, 
what is this? What are you doing? And he said, oh, that's my lemon tree. Like your lemon tree? I go, how are you growing a lemon tree in the basement? And he said, well, that is an artificial light. It actually masks sunlight. So it, it, it appears to be sunlight. It's not really sunlight, but it will help it to grow. And I said, oh, so how many lemons have you gotten so far? And he says, none. I've gotten zero, zero lemons. I, I think this is how so many people are living their lives. They are potted in the basement under artificial light. And, and Paul kind of mentions this a little bit. What, what, is, what is artificial light? In his letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, he said that Satan disguises himself as artificial light. He disguises himself, in other words, as an angel of light. He, he convinces people, hey, you will find fulfillment in your career. Once you graduate college, we'll go get that MBA. And then once you get out in the workforce, then finally, you're going to be contented and you're going to have that fulfillment that you have desired. He says, oh, you, you need fulfillment? Man, you, you go chase it in a relationship. Because once you find him or her, once you find Mr. or Mrs. Right, once you have them, you're, you're, you're going to have fulfillment. Go, go to the gym. You know, if you could just get in shape, if you, if you could just look as good as Pastor Brad. I mean, <laughs> that was not my wife, and that's very frightening when people do that. <laughs> Go to the gym, man, work out, lose some pounds, tan up a little bit. Then once you do that and people will start to notice, then, then everything, go get a hobby. That's another one to take. Go get a hobby. Take up pickleball. Everybody's playing pickleball these days. I guess I better play pickleball. I don't even know what it is. Sounds weird, but I'm going to play pickleball. I'll just take up that. I'll switch this hobby for that hobby. Or, or man, just, hey, just get your kids in youth sports. Just get them, get them on a team. And, and then once you get, or you need to get on a team. Once you get on a team, then you're going you're gonna to find the fulfillment that you've been looking for. That's artificial light. And it is a lie from the enemy. And the results speak for themselves. The youth sports industry this year in the United States alone, over $20 billion will be spent in youth sports. That's more than the NFL takes in an entire year. Why? Because I think, man, if I just, just get them on this team, and if I get on this team, and then, but then if I, if, I can, if I can travel, and once I travel, and if I travel, but, but not just on that, I gotta get on that team, and then I gotta, if I, if, if I can just start, and then if I can make the right tape, and I can get noticed by the right school, and I get the right scholarship, then, 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 then everything's gonna line up. Do you know that right now there's over 1,500 dating apps and websites? <laughs> Why is that? Because people are discontented in their relationships. They're not finding what they thought they would find in a relationship. And this app is not doing it for me. So I'm going to move to this app, to this app, to this website, over to this app, and try this and try that. Right now, we are all experiencing what's known as the great resignation. People are quitting their jobs. Why? Because there's no fulfillment. I'm not finding it. I'm looking for it. I'm not finding it. And I would tell you that it's artificial light that Satan disguises himself as artificial light, as an angel of 
light. And what's happening is people are trying to produce fruit in their lives under artificial light, and the enemy has them trapped in the basement. And they're missing out on life. They're missing out on all that God has for them. They're missing of living in the light and the joy and the freedom of Jesus because they're trapped and they don't know how to get out. That's why Paul says, let your roots grow down into him. So I talked to my nephew this past week about his lemon tree. And it's been about six months, seven months. Say, hey, how's your lemon tree doing? He said, oh, I actually uh, don't have it in the uh, basement anymore. He said, I, I moved it outside. I said, uh, I said oh, it's, oh, okay. He said, yeah, it's still potted, but it's, but it's outside. I said, well, okay, how's it doing now that it's under real sunlight? He goes, hey, I, it's produced six lemons. I've gotten some lemons, yeah. Three of you are excited about that. That was about my reaction as well, like, woohoo. You know what's crazy? If you took that same tree that was potted and you, you, you put it in the ground, it'll go from producing six lemons to over 150 lemons if it's rooted. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm starting to preach in here. Hang on. Hang on. If you take that, that same lemon tree that was potted under artificial light that could not produce. You take it outside, it's still potted, but it's given six lemons. And then I take that same tree and I put it in the ground and I get over 150 lemons. Do you know, do you know if you take that same lemon tree and you go over and you plant it in an orchard of other lemon trees, it will give you over 1,500 lemons. Oh, come on, somebody. That, that, you don't get it. You don't get what I'm preaching up in here. Like some people recognize their need for Jesus. And then they move out into the light. But they're still potted and not planted. It's not the eight core practices. It's the eight occasional practices in their life. Man, I'm, I'm occasionally in the house of God. I'm, I'm occasionally in his word. I'm, I occasionally give. I, I occasionally serve. I, I occasionally pray. And, and they're wondering why they're, they're not producing the fruit like we talk about. I'm not getting what the preacher's talking about. I, what's happening in my, I, 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 it's stunted growth. Now there's, there's another group that, that, that gets it. I'm not going to stay potted where I can just move out and get Jesus when I want to get Jesus and then jump back to my life and back out of the world and all I want to do. And, oh, yeah, I haven't been doing this for a long time. I better, better read the Bible a little bit and I'm going to be potted. Oh, then go back to the world, do whatever I want. You know what, man, I'm feeling a little down, feeling a little rough and everything. I'm going to go be in, with God's people in God's house, potted. Oh, yeah, woohoo! that was amazing. And then move back into the basement of the world again. Some of y'all, you get it, though. You're like, I ain't going to be potted. I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be rooted in Christ. And, and so what you do is you like, I'm, I'm ditching the pot and, I, and I'm planting myself in Christ. And you are rooted in his word. And you are, you're rooted in, in serving. You're rooted in helping. You're, you're rooted in the things of God. But, but you're doing life alone. 
and you're wondering why you're not finding a thriving, vibrant life in Christ. And it's because you were never meant to worship alone. You were never meant to be alone. You were meant to be planted in the body of Christ. And so many of you here, you get this. You ain't potted. You ain't planted alone. You planted yourself in the house of God and with God's people because you know that's where the vibrant life is. That's where the good things come. That's where the fruit is vibrant and thriving and growing. Being in the house of God, being around God's people. Man, you see that in your life and you're like, man, yeah, I am, I am as Paul says, I'm, I'm gonna let my roots grow down in him. Jesus said it this way in John 15, four. He says, you cannot be fruitful unless what? Say it with me. You remain in me. When you remain in me, We find self-control when we give up control to God. Go back to verse 7. Again, he says, let your roots grow down into him. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, stay rooted. Stay, stay rooted. You got to stay rooted. Let your lives be built on him. Then, everyone say then. Then your faith will what? Grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will what? Overflow with thankfulness. In other words, you're, you're, I believe your greatest witness is going to come from the overflow. It's going to come from the overflow of the Spirit in your life. When you are rooted in the faith, when you are rooted in your faith in Christ, when you are rooted with God's people, what's going to happen is you're going to grow strong in love. And love is going to overflow out of your life. When you are rooted in the house, when you are rooted with the core group, when you are rooted in his word, when you are rooted in the practices and you're doing life, you're doing orchard life together with others, joy is going to overflow out of your life. People are going to look at you and your circumstances and they're going to say, how do you have joy? I know what's going on in your life right now. My, my buddy, Jeff Henson, he, he preached about this. He preached about joy. And I know so, so many people walked away from that and they're like, yo, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Three of you went to Sunday school. Three of you. It's just going to see if anybody take the bait on that one. And then you go away and you're like, man, where's the joy? Where did, I mean, man, I, I was all in. I, I was in the house of God and then, and I felt the joy of the Lord, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to have joy, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. And then you go back out into the world, and you lost your joy. Why did you lose your joy? I'm going to tell you, and I know you don't want to hear it. I'm about to preach up on your toes now. But what's happening is you are potted, and you are not planted. Because when you're potted, you pull yourself out, and you go over here, and you're back in the basement again. And you're wondering, what's going on in my, in my life? And then people look at your life. They're like, so remind me again why I'd want to go to your church? <laughs> why would I want to follow your Jesus? Because I'm watching your life and I don't know if I want what you're smoking. <laughs> or, or is it that you're so rooted in the orchard, so rooted in Christ, 
that out of the overflow comes peace when there doesn't seem there should be peace, that you are just kind when most people would just be evil. When you are a faithful friend, as Pastor Buddy preached, man, when you are genuinely faithful and they see it, they see it from the overflow, you don't even have to tell them about Jesus because they're going to come knocking because you're producing fruit. Your, your life is producing fruit, and that fruit is feeding people. It is serving them. It is helping them. And when you are rooted in Christ, you overflow into other people's lives. I was drawn to this scripture in Psalm 52.8. David, uh, who wrote so many of the Psalms, not all of them, but many of them, wrote this one. And he said this, I am like an olive tree. Say this with me, thriving in the house of God. This is David, I'm, I, I'm thriving in the house of God. I'm, I'm like this olive tree and, and I'm gonna always trust in God's unfailing love. You know what's fascinating about this? David didn't write this when he was having a good day. He didn't write this from the palace when he was king. He didn't write this from the middle of a worship service. He wrote these words when he was on the run from King Saul. Now, if you're new to the scriptures, you may not know this, but, but uh, the king at the time in Israel, his name was Saul, and, and David had been anointed king, and Saul was jealous of, king, uh, Saul was jealous of David, and so he uh, put a, a vendetta out on David's life, and David was on the run, and Saul was continually chasing him, and so David is on the run. He's in the wilderness for a decade and a half. Anybody been in a, in, in a desert, in a wilderness? Anybody? A decade and a half wilderness? He's like, you said, God, I'm going to be king. You, you, you anointed my head with oil. You, 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 this Samuel the prophet. What in the world am I doing all the way out here in this wilderness, in this, in this moment? And, and in that moment, David shows incredible self-control. I mean, because in that, in that moment, he could have said, forget love love. I'm going to go take the throne. I'm tired of living out in this wilderness. Patience? I ain't going to be patient. I waited. How many years do I have? I ain't waiting any longer. Joy? Pfft, I ain't no joy. Joy? Anybody, anybody eating what I'm eating? Anybody living where I'm living? You got no joy? What's the expression of your mouth? Because whatever you express from your, your lips is where you're headed and what you will become. Now, I'm not saying you don't ever express struggle because this is what I love about David, this is what I love about him. He, he would start in a psalm and, or, or finish the psalm. Somewhere in the psalm, he'd just talk about how difficult it is and, and the hardship and the distress. And, and in this moment, what I don't want you to miss is not like David was like, woo I'm in the wilderness. Good time. You guys having a good time? I got a band of guys. We're having a good time. We're living out here. Woo, we're just chasing rabbit, eating rabbit. This is so much fun. Yeah, we're going to get our own reality TV show. I just know it. Let's just stay. No. He's miserable. Make no mistake about it. He is miserable. He has doubts. 
He has discouragement. He has frustration. He is in a difficult place, but he makes a declaration. I am like an olive tree. I am thriving in the house of God. In other words, what he's doing in this moment, David is thinking about the olive trees that were planted around the tabernacle. And he was saying to himself, man, no, no, that's me. Man, I am planted in the house of God. I thrive in the house of God. Man, I will grow in the house of God. I am not a wilderness person. Person. I am I am rooted in God. What's interesting about uh, olives, olives are a fruit. Did you know that? Olives are a fruit. And an olive tree is extremely hardy. It can handle any condition. I mean, it can handle freezing conditions. It can handle heat. We should plant them here in Oklahoma because they would probably thrive. What's interesting is they stay green year-round, no matter the conditions. This is, this is what God says I, I want to do when you, are, when you are rooted in me and you are rooted in the orchard of God's people, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what happens in your life, you're going to be green year round. You can produce the fruit of the Spirit because Jesus is running through your veins. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.